0: everybody welcome to the right side with doug billings today a huge huge day for me personally and for the show we have chad prather here with us chad has um i've been watching chad for for years um he i've i've hounded him enough and finally he's relented and decided to come on and get me to shut up if nothing else but to be on on the right side chad man i can't thank you enough for being here with us on the right side buddy
1: Doug, I appreciate you having me on, and I have to apologize for it taking so long for us to get coordinated. You know, as much as I've been doing this social media thing for all these years, this technology sometimes still eludes me, and yeah. trying to figure out what's on Zoom, and what's on Skype, and what's on Facebook Live, and all these things. I, I get—I was telling somebody a little while ago, you know, I do these things almost every day, and I get nervous every time, because I'm always oh, yeah. scared of either being late, or actually not having the right signal or something so finally yep. we're together man Fingers i love it. We can get it
0: yeah and if i if i if i've got my uh my info right you're somewhere near or in spring texas you're on the road giving a show out there tonight you're on the bus right now we are
1: we just we just parked the bus we are in at the venue here at spring and we were uh up yeah. front in the bus here we were trading some songs we've all written here lately we kind of go around and we pass the guitar around and we, we go through a and stuff my stuff's always a little silly uh yeah. but it's always it's always fun out on the road and that's what we're doing man it, you know if you have that gypsy spirit like we do we we just we you know it's kind of like Willie Nelson said on the road again we'd yeah. love to go do it
0: that's, that's awesome we well, that's it's yeah, you know it's good to see you're you're back out there I know the COVID kind of threw probably everybody uh, for a loop and shut things down for a while it's good to see you back out there I, I, you know I, I spent a lot of time in Texas as a kid my pa- my grandparents lived in New Bronzeville and had a little place at Canyon Lake Texas I don't know if you've heard of that area oh yeah. yeah yeah so uh, and, uh, tell me the truth are you are you really gonna run for governor of Texas
1: <laughs> yeah we're running, yeah, we're, you're running. Doing we're, it. We you're we're doing going. it we're gonna do it, uh, in it and I'm a reluctant candidate I didn't want to do it but you know, with the platform that I have, Doug, I had to kind of put my money where my mouth was and say either put up or shut up. I, I can sit around and talk about it, or I can, or I can get in there and, and start something with it. So, yep, that's uh, that's did, and we we formed our, uh, you know, our pack, and uh, I care very much about the state and the care. You know, I, my philosophy is so goes Texas, so goes the country, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they're pumping so much money into this state, try to turn it left. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a shade of purple right now. It's a red shade of purple.
0: Well, and, and that's, that's what that's I would, what have. We're seeing. yeah. I, I, what's your, what's your gut check on that? How safe is Texas to remain Republican? I mean, really, I mean, you know, Beto gave Ted a good run for the money, but uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about all that?
1: Well, you know, and let's, and I could have my numbers off by a little, but they're not off by much. Let's look at what happened with the Beto and, and, and uh, Ted Cruz race. So, Beto O'Rourke had 1,600 paid staff members, Ted wow. Cruz had three. Yeah. Um, they had $90 million. Uh, Ted had somewhere in the neighborhood, I think, of $50 million. There was a lot of California money getting pumped into the state, there was a lot of Hollywood money. And now what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of Barack Obama money getting pumped in yeah. the state of Texas because of all-out war. So yeah. uh, you wouldn't think that this is, this is a reality, but it is. We're seeing Texas really start to lean that way. So my main goal between now and November before we really launch into a gubernatorial race is making sure that we gain and retain the House seats here in the state, make sure that they stay red. I said the other day, you know, the name of our pack is Keep Texas Great. And somebody said, you mean Keep Texas Red. And they were trying to be facetious. And I said, that's absolutely what I mean. Because yes. I don't believe that we can enjoy a successful state or economy or, or livelihood or, or even personal welfare unless we keep it red and truly conservative. So that's that's exactly what we're trying to do is make sure that we keep our conservative values in that 2018 race, Tarrant County, which is Fort Worth, Texas, voted blue for the first time in, it, in its history and it voted in favor of Robert Francis O'Rourke. So that's very frightening to me when something like that happens. Uh, it's, it's, we're starting to see – you know, we've always had the problem children of Dallas, Houston, and Austin, uh, especially Austin. We don't get surprised of anything that comes yeah. out of those cities. Yeah. But when Fort Worth starts to fall, that's another story.
0: Oh, boy. Yep. How, how, so, okay. So what about Trump's ability and is, is Trump, I mean, he's, he's gotta be, I, I just can't imagine you know, my, my philosophy about Trump and the people that support him or this, there's, there's people like you and me who will right out of the, we're out of the box. We're saying, yeah, we did president Trump. We like him. We're going to vote for him. Yeah, And we think he's good for the country. But I think there's a lot of people who don't put a bumper sticker on the car and don't put a yard sign in their yard for, for fear of retaliation. Literally, they're afraid their car is going to be vandalized or, or a hail of bullets is going to go through their living room window. Uh, don't you think, is your gut yeah. to tell you that there's just a vast, vast majority of people that are just, you know, shutting up and uh, they're just going to do their talking at the polls?
1: Depends on where you go. You know, if you get out in the countryside of Texas, you oh, see sure. a lot of Trump flat, yeah. a lot of that. Get into the cities, you're exactly right. I think people do fear retaliation. They don't want to see their car windows busted out. Uh, we have seven different Trump flags. We change them out every day at our house, and we people know where we stand. Uh, the first time I ever put a yard sign out was in 2018 when I put it out for Ted Cruz in running for Senate against Francis yep. so O'Rourke, and most of that was just to anger my uh, neighbors who had <laughs> about a dozen yep. out there. I'll tell you a funny story, Doug. A storm blew up one day, and my wife went, and one of my sons was out checking the mail, He was 11 at the time. One of their O'Rourke signs had blown out in the street, so he went over and picked it up and put it back where it went. And she said, "That was a good thing you did." And he said, "Well, it didn't feel great."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, that's 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 awesome because it's it's the dichotomy between the two camps. Our our side will do that. Well, and we won't leave a mess. We won't leave a mess when we go uh, when we go to a a parade or whatever. Right. We clean up.
1: You're right. Listen, I was at the Trump rally in Tulsa, and uh, <clears throat> we were we were. It was it was a you know it's pandemonium trying to get in there, and, and then when you come out of there, there was a lot of craziness going on in the streets. But in the areas where the conservatives were congregating, it was clean. In the areas where the BLM protesters went, there were various other uh, leftist activists that were out there. Yep. Their areas were just completely trashed. Yep. And I wish I could say I was that up but it's not it that's just the way it is there is a dichotomy in the mindset of how these folks operate and they take so little regard for human life whether it is you know abortion to all of these various things that we could list off uh, to to, you know even you go online and they're wishing COVID on people they're wishing you know leave your mask off we can you know after Herman Cain passed we can lose more of you guys yeah, to hear yeah. something that is that, absolutely atrocious. So that's why I often find it uh, hypocritically funny that they claim to care so much about the environment. But now you look around and there's masks, there's gloves, there's, you know, all of this nonsense that's just been thrown out in the street. Oh, yeah. And if you don't care about human life, you can't convince me that you truly care about the climate or the planet. To me, it's a money grab, and it always has been.
0: I think you're exactly right. I think that there there's a there's a, a void in the lives of these people. I think it begins with the void of of, of God. They don't they are not godly people. Yeah, and they 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 when you look at these people, Chad, I mean, and I'm I'm serious. You look at Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Jerry Nadler. They they just don't look like happy people. I mean, they don't. I think there's a vast void in their life, primarily of God, but other values that we cherish in our republic that are just missing from these people.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I I was laughing recently um, whenever, you know, Nancy Pelosi came out with her famous I pray for the president every day statement. But then when she knelt down for eight and a half minutes uh, for George Floyd, she couldn't get back up. And I thought this lady's can <laughs> to do any praying. She can't even kneel down to protest. So, <laughs> God.
0: God. Well, tell tell me about. Um, I know that you were at the uh, the Mount Rushmore Fourth of July deal. The wasn't that just freaking awesome? Wasn't that not one? It was awesome, wasn't it? I bet. I bet it was to be there.
1: So, I, I looked at my friends that were there. I was sitting next to some Navy cadets. I was there. We were guests of uh, Eric Trump. And I I looked at the people around me and I said, I'm 47 years old. I've never seen anything like this. And don't expect that I'll ever see anything like this ever again with Washington and Jefferson and Roosevelt and Lincoln as a backdrop and and the president just a mere 10 feet away and Melania looking, you know, as stunning as always. And -hmm. and just the pride that swells up in a man you know, Donald Trump loves America and he, he celebrates America, you know, where else do you go and you sit out there at Mount Rushmore and you see a flyby that comes past with Air Force One and then he does it again Marine yeah. one. And then you have, you know, all of these uh, expositions of the blue angels and various other squadrons from other, uh, from other um, military branches, just it makes you proud to be an American, you know, it's just an incredible feeling and it reminds you of, of what patriotism really is all about. Yep. And it reminds that, you know, you don't ever hear anybody talk about the Swedish dream or the French dream or the German dream. You hear about the American dream. And yep. the American dream is still alive and well, and people are trying to destroy it. They're trying to kill it. They're calling it racist. They're calling it bigoted. They're calling it narrow minded it. And, and, and those kind of things, you know, when you get in an environment like what we had at Mount Rushmore, those things just really melt away. You forget all of that, and you're encouraged, like going to church, you know? Yeah. Yep. You just get filled up on it, and it's such a great thing, and we had such a fun time, and I can't wait. And God willing, and by His grace, I hope I get to do it again. Just Boy, amazing. That's, yeah.
0: I, I, you, you know, it's easy to get chills listening to the story. And I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. Those flybys that Trump does in Air Force One, Marine One, I mean, th- that's phenomenal. I think the speech was phenomenal and I think you hit on something. Good. Yeah. I, I think you hit on something really important. I think the most underreported story about president Trump is his passion and love for this Republic.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah,
1: there, there's a question about it and, and his vision for the future you know, when he gets up there and says that that our children, this new generation, is being lost. They're being taught to hate this country by the school systems. And, you know, you have a living example in, in Governor Christy Noem, who was there on stage, oh. who I believe is doing the right things for her state. And I wish so many uh, – I wish our Governor Abbott – you know, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in uh, talking about running for governor if Governor Abbott had, you know, been a little more Texan. And I'm, yeah. I'm ashamed to say it, a little more South Dakotan mm-hmm. in his handling of all this. It could have been a win win for everybody, but he didn't do it. But I love how Trump speaks to America. You know, he wants to, he wants, he, here's a guy who, you know, yeah, he was born into some affluence and wealth. I get that. His father gave him a million dollars, he turned it into billions. I know a lot of people who have a million dollars. I don't know any of them that are turning it into billions. Donald Trump did that because of America. And, you know, he recognizes where he came from. Obviously, he spent a lot of time walking those hotel sites and construction sites, talking to those workers, those blue-collar people. And somehow this this mogul playboy from Queens knows how to come in and speak to the Rust Belt, speak to the Bible Belt, speak to the blue-collar workers that are out there. And they respond to it. You think that it would be, uh, you know, so far apart. You compare that with a guy like Barack Obama, who was a community organizer who really kind of came from nothing and was raised up and is so out of touch with the American people and so condescending to the American people. You know, if you watched yesterday at John Lewis's funeral service, it's so condescending and you know, at what time does that become okay to turn it into a political pulpit? That you're going to campaign for a senile white guy at John Lewis's funeral, and by the way, it's a guy who said that if you don't vote for him, you're not black, and that you know poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Yes. This is insane. Though. Yeah, I mean it, the, the fact that this is what we're buying into is just absolute craziness. I,
0: you know, amen. Uh, I think I've got a couple of thoughts on that. I think, You know, these the, I call them the new Democratic Socialist Party with every. First of all, Barack Obama was was atrocious yesterday. I mean, I said to friends, once a thug, always a thug. I mean, it really angered me to watch that speech. It was yeah. terrible.
1: Good, good, good point. Good
0: point. I, uh, I, I, but with every kook move that these new Democratic Socialist leaders make, whether you're talking about Lori Lightfoot from Chicago, you know, Beetlejuice in blackface, her, her G- Gavin Newsom in California, I, I've been saying with every decision in, in Portland and in Washington, all that, with every kook decision and mandate these people make, they're moving the country to the Republican party. There's a lot of common sense independents out there. And there's a lot of common sense, regular, normal, old, the old time Democrats out there who see the riots. They understand that the Democrats aren't speaking up against it. And I'll be darned if, if, if we might, we might just see, you know, outside of LA and Hollywood, there's a lot of Republican counties in California. It's going to be interesting. I I've said on the air, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It may not, it may not happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if California nudges closer to the red in November.
1: Get ready know. and watch. I'm tell I tell people everywhere I go around the country and they, they're confused by this. Do you know Doug, my most supportive state every year is California? Really? I do about I do fifteen shows, sixteen shows a year in California. They show up in droves because oh. there are people there who are the greatest people. It is the number one state in America for agriculture, huge for ranching. Uh, An incredible group of people live there. They're getting absolutely screwed by the bureaucracy of the big cities. They're getting outnumbered by the the misfits, if you will, that live in places like Hollywood and L.A. And, you know, folks in L.A., they don't have a sense of community whatsoever. It's every man for himself. And so when you see things like that going on, you realize there are really good people in California. But here's the thing I said, I said a long time ago, I said, Gavin Newsom is a guy who is going to use capitalism to drive people into socialism, uh, make it so expensive that you can't help but be reliant on the state. And that's what he's doing. And I think that's what's going to end up happening here with this coronavirus, such as the stimulus checks. You keep giving people money. You know, they've kept the lower income communities and especially the black communities dependent on a welfare state for so long. Now they've found a way to find, to, to find folks who are maybe a little more affluent, they're middle class, they're educated, have a degree and probably have a career profession. Uh, and now they found a way to keep them home and dependent on the government as well. So they're using capitalism to build socialism into our minds, and we don't even realize that it's happening. Listen yeah. to the rhetoric that said, you know, I was walking down the street in, in Fort Worth, Texas last night, big poster or sticker on the ground that said, you know, stay six feet apart, together, together as a community, we can, you know, make everything okay. better. And you just hear the the hint of communism
0: mm-hmm. in
1: that, you know, together. Mm-hmm. better yeah. of the... Even almost had, uh, and I spent some time in Soviet Russia years ago, and it almost has that artistic look to it as well that calls back mm-hmm. old Russia. And it's really disturbing, man. But, you know, to the degree that they can continue to erase history and erase those images and those memories of history, uh, they can continue to pull that off. So, yeah, California is great, but we're all slipping down a very –
0: Oh. Yeah, you're right. Well, and there's so much we could talk about. And I know I, I promised I'd try to, to, to free you up as soon as possible before we go. And ladies and gentlemen, talking with Chad Prather here on the right side, he's been kind enough to join us for a few minutes here. Ch- you know, Chad, I, I've just kind of got a, a question of my own for you. And all of your travels and all of your, in your career, who, I'm just curious, what, who has influenced you the most? Who Of all the people you've met, who, is the one that just, uh, you know, is a wow factor for you? Is there a top three list of those folks that are that have had that impact yeah. on you?
1: You know, of course, the folks that I know that nobody else would, you know, my pastor and mentor uh, who I've traveled the world with for, you know, 40 years, 30 years, I should say, uh, started at the age of 17 with him, the biggest influence. But, you know, it's been, it's been, It's just been a conglomerate of voices that have been out there, people that I've listened to, people that I've heard. And you just kind of put those voices together. And I've learned to just sort of uh, take everything and sift through it and listen to it, you know. And it it seems like it changes everything. Right now, Tucker Carlson is my hero. I mean, you just got to get a guy who who takes the punches and stand up there and keep going. You know, I love listening to the logic of a, of a Ted Cruz or a Michael Knowles. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, you know, Glenn Beck, you know, Glenn doesn't yeah. live on the same planet, do, but Glenn's always been so gracious to me. And, and, you know, he's not going to volunteer, uh, anything, but if you ask him, he'll tell you the truth. And I appreciate mm-hmm. guys like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just been a group of voices. Uh, Hillary was right on one thing. It does take a village. And, uh, you know, depending on, <laughs> yeah, right. and certainly has been that way for me, but I, but I appreciate all those voices and man, you know, as a guy who was won over to Donald Trump, because in 2015, Donald Trump did not make sense to me, just didn't mm-hmm. make sense to me, but man, the little things started to win me over and I became a fan and yeah. you know, I've been critical of him at times, but you know, they were honest mistakes. I felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a guy that's been doing this for three years. He He's allowed to do that a little yep. bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, media would not allow Obama to fail even when he failed. Right. With Trump, they want to succeed even when he succeeds. So Inferior. it's a hard thing. Yep. Good question, though. No, that's yep. something to put some thought into.
0: For sure. Buddy, look, I, Chad, I, um, I'm just so grateful. I know you're a busy guy, and uh, to, be, to be even uh, able to have a few minutes with you today has meant the world to me. Thanks for taking the time to do it. It, it means a lot.
1: We need to do it at least once a month, Doug. I really? enjoy talking to you, man. I would yeah, love let's that. do it.
0: Okay. All right. I'll, I'll get with gig, you on bro. that. Okay. Um, right, I'll so- do it. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this has been The Right Side with Doug Billings. Our, our guest today, Chad Prather. Chad, again, thanks again, brother. And uh, thanks for spending some time with us here on the program, man. Thank you, Doug. Okay, Doug.